Thank you, Judy. Good to see everybody. It's good to be back. It feels like I've been gone for months. Two two weeks, but uh, Jake's doing so good in soccer and um, just really his uh, training and all is going so well. And so he's just great things happening with his with the uh, the national league possibly. So it's doing really good. And Kobe's doing great with basketball back there. Kobe's doing awesome with his uh, AAU basketball. Kevin and, uh, where's Kevin and Chrissy? Coach Kevin. There they are right there, sorry. Coach Kevin can tell you how Kobe's improved so much in basketball. Anyway, thanks so much, you guys, for, uh, for just, you know, praying for me and loving me. I really appreciate it. I miss, you know, not being here. Saints, we need each other to encourage each other. Um, oh, yeah, thanks so much for Jason. Um, awesome. I listened to Jason's message, and, uh, man, it was just so succinct and so clear. And I told him, I said, I love the way he, he made it really clear that it was, it's not that we're changing um, to become more like Jesus so much as it is that Jesus is being manifested through us gradually as our mind is renewed and that is such a cool distinction that's that's so important to see that that we're not getting we're not becoming more and more like him really but rather we are manifesting more and more outwardly who we already are in him it's a huge distinction because we have been created new in christ jesus and when god creates it's done he says it's good he's like create it's good we're not we're not evolving you know, it's not about evolution. It's about creation. It's about God created. He called into the scripture says he raises the dead. We were dead in our sins and our trespasses. He raises the dead and he calls into being that which did not exist before. Paul says that's the nature of the new covenant. So now you sit here today, a new being on the inside. And what Jason said about the, the gradual manifestation of that new being is so right on. That's exactly, that's exactly how Paul saw things. He says, don't look at that which is seen. Look at that which is unseen. Realize the reality that you are already holy. You're already blameless. You are already righteous. You can't be any more righteous than you are today because you have his righteousness. You can't be any more holy than you are today. You will manifest and I will manifest a greater manifestation of that holiness, a greater manifestation of that righteousness as our mind is renewed. But the essence of who we are doesn't change. And that, that is the only way you can have fellowship with God on this earth 24-7 because you are as he is in this world. First John says, as he is, so are you now in this world. Not just not in the sweet by and by, not when we die, but in this world right now, you are as he is right now, bone of his bone, flesh of his flesh, he our head, we his body, the two have become one. He who is joined to the Lord is one spirit, that's the reality. That's why you can go boldly to a throne of grace, to the throne of grace, to find help and mercy in time of need because you are his son. You are his daughter. Because you have believed, because you are sons, Galatians says, you have received the spirit of the son which cries out, Abba, Papa, Daddy, my Daddy. He's my Daddy. I'm perfect as he's made me perfect. Isn't that awesome? Yes. So I just appreciate Jason's, uh, you know, Paul says use sound words. Paul said, 
writing Timothy, he said, use sound words when you're explaining the mystery of the gospel. Use sound words. And I really appreciate the way Jason was very clear about saying that this is Christ being manifested through you as our mind is renewed to the truth, using sound words. Because the leaven of the law is so, much in, so, in so many of our words in the church overall. In the church worldwide, there's a leaven of law, a leaven of natural thinking in our words. And when you have a mixture of sound words and unsound words, there's confusion. So Paul was very clear to Timothy, use sound words when you explain the gospel, explain the good news. Awesome. And then Jeff spoke uh, last Sunday, and I heard Jeff's message about repentance and about, he said like 10 or 12 nuggets in that. <laughs> it, was, it was awesome. So I don't, Jeff's not here today, but I really appreciate Jeff. And I really pray about, you know, who's going to speak or whatever. And I just really pray that it would be a blessing for, for you guys, whoever does speak here. So thank you guys so much. Um, I want to kind of finish that. We didn't finish. The last time I was here, we did the, uh, the scene of the, the woman at the well, the Samaritan woman. We talked about that. And we, didn't, we got to that last part where, where the disciples had returned with the food. And Jesus said, I have food to eat that you know not of. I want to take it up there and finish that uh, this morning if we could. And maybe do one more thing real quick if we had time. Cool. Lord, thank you so much that you always, always are with us. We are the people that God is with. Emmanuel, God with us. Lord, I just thank you that that's your heart, that you came and gave yourself, that you might remove every barrier between us and you, that you could say, you are with us. Fear not. I am with you, fear not. Lord, I thank you that that you love to say you're the God of Abraham, you're the God of Jacob, you're the God of Isaac, you're the God of Russ, you're the God of Pam, you're the God of Hazel, you're the God of Judy, you're the God of Ken. You love to put our name in there. You're the God of Kobe. You're the God of Barbara. You're the God of Abraham. You're the God of Isaac. You're the God of Jacob. You're the God of Jason. You're the God of us because you're with us. Your heart is to be with us. The God of Rita, the God of Richard, the God of all hope. Thank you, Father. Now, Lord, I pray that your word would go forth in clarity. Help us hear by the Holy Spirit your reality. I pray the blue sky of heaven would fill our hearts the blue sky of another reality which is now true in him and in us through the spirit I pray the blue sky of heaven would fill us with hope and life and peace let the reality of another world come into our minds now and renew our minds to see things as you see them in Jesus name Amen. You know, when you really think about what walking by faith is, walking by faith, in essence, is just seeing everything as God sees it. 
It's that simple. You know, when the, when the spies went into the promised land, they had 12 spies go into the promised land. And God said, I've given the land to you. It's yours, a land filled with milk and honey. And 10 of them, they saw these giants in the land. And they said, we can't take this land. They'll eat our lunch. These are giant, they're giants in the land. We can't, we can't take this land. And, and then they said this. They said, we were as grasshoppers in their eyes. They said that, those 10 said out of, they said that in their eyes, in the giant's eyes, we were as grasshoppers in their eyes. But the, Joshua and Caleb said through the eyes of God, seeing the same giants, same promised land, said, are you kidding me? They are bread for us. They said, they are bread for us. We will eat their lunch. God is with us. Don't you see? Don't you, do you remember the Red Sea? Do you remember the fire that, broke, that blocked Pharaoh? Do you remember the entire Egyptian army that was destroyed? Do you remember the quail we've been eating every day? Do you remember the manna? Do you remember the fire at night that warms us in the cloud, that cools us in the day? Are you crazy? Those guys against our God? They are bread for us. See, they saw through God's eyes. And that's all walking by faith is. Is seeing as he sees and as he tells us the truth is. And just as we said a few minutes ago, you sit here, I sit here, or stand here this morning. And within this earthen vessel, this weak earthen vessel, is a new being. It's a new being. Never existed before. The old man is dead. The moment you were severed from your body of the flesh, the moment you were circumcised by the hand of God, the old man ceased to exist. The old man only can exist if you're in the flesh. But you're no longer in the flesh, Romans 8 says, if you're in Christ, but in the spirit. He literally created you anew in his image. You, you look through those eyes in this, of this creation and we see dimly, and we see in part, and we prophesy in part, because we work through these weak earthen vessels. But within you, within this shell, is a whole new being. Perfect, holy, blameless. And as our mind is renewed, that reality gets out. In our words, in our deeds, As Jesus said, let your light so shine that men may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. In other words, you were once darkness, Paul says, but now, now you are light in the Lord. And then Jesus says, now let that light shine. Let that reality, let that truth shine out that men may see. Because natural men can't see the unseen. Natural men will see the works of love, the works of kindness, that men may see your good works and glorify your Papa. In other words, they may see who your daddy is, who you are. Isn't that awesome? So we sit here growing in our awareness of him. Our mind is being renewed and the real you is getting out for us to see. Your heart is not evil if you're in him. Your heart is not wicked anymore if you're in him. A new heart, even a new mind, for we have the mind of Christ. We're just working through a brain. That's why the moment you leave this body, you will know all things instantly as you were known because you won't be in this body anymore. No hindrances. The moment you leave this body, you'll know all things even as you were known, the scripture says. But now in the body, we see through a glass darkly. 
Revelation is coming in the Spirit to us, renewing our minds, causing us to move and speak and act differently and feel differently and think differently. Why? Because that's the real me. I have been made a partaker of the divine nature now. I don't have two natures. The divine nature. At my core, at my core, I am as holy as God is. He made it so. Great mystery, but awesome truth that releases us to rest. No longer striving to become something we already are. No longer striving to try to become something we already are, but rather resting in what is so that what is can just manifest. That's the Christian life. That's what Jesus came to give us. So awesome. Let's take a look at this in John, the Gospel of John, chapter 4. And we talked about that first part when Jesus met this Samaritan woman. And I don't want to go through all that over again, but it's, it's on the website if you want to go back to it. It's, I think we touched on some really cool stuff about what it means to worship in spirit and truth and all those things that we talked about. But before I go into the rest of that, when they came back with the food, I just want to remind you of this thing that, that remember they were shocked that he was talking with a, a woman and a Samaritan woman at that because the scripture says that the Jews had no dealings with the Samaritans because they were half Jew, half Gentile, and they just didn't like them. And, um, and we were shocked, they were shocked that he was actually talking to this, this woman. And this woman, as we found out later, was divorced five times living with a man who was not her husband, that even the women of the city would not go with her to collect water. They would, she had to go at the hot noonday to get water and not in the mornings, morning time with the other women to collect water for their families because they rejected her. So even among the Samaritan women, she was rejected. So she was alone in the heat of the day trying to get water for her little family and feeling completely alone, rejected. And... Jesus comes right into that situation and the disciples can't, can't believe that he's actually going to talk to this woman. And remember we talked about how, how God sees things. And this, this is how God sees things. We said this a couple of weeks ago. The reason why Jesus could go right into a, 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 maybe a, a, a bad, sinful situation or talk to someone who who the world would say, you know, why are you, why are you eating with that sinner or drinking with that sinner or why are you with this, why are you doing... The reason why God could go right into the midst of our humanity, regardless of how low you may be or I, I may be, you, know, you could be naked in a, in a cemetery with chains on you filled with demons. He'll go right up into that situation. Why, why can God do that? God can do that because... He's looking at every one of us not as someone who needs to do something. See, that's why they said, this man, no one ever spoke like this man. The prophets always spoke about how man needed to get his act together because God is holy. Judgment is coming. Repent. You better straighten up. There's always, there was always this Word to mankind to do something to get right with God. This is the first time a man came in their presence 
and said, don't be afraid of who you are or where you are. Come to me. Believe only. Believe on me. Peter said, I'm a sinful man, Lord. Depart from me. Jesus said, don't be afraid, Peter. Come to me. Believe on me only. Only God in the flesh could say that, which is why no man ever said that before. So when, so when God comes into, when Jesus walks into a, a room of people or any place on earth, he sees every person as, um, he sees himself as having what they need. He was going to take, he was going to give his life and take away the sin of the world. He knew that. He knew that he would give the righteousness that he had. He was going to give it to everyone who would believe. So if you know that ahead of time, that, and you're talking to somebody, what they're doing, their, their sin is irrelevant almost. That's why he could discuss, you know, you know, you know woman, go, go get your husband and bring your husband. And she said, well, actually, I don't have a husband. And he said, oh, you've said the truth. You've actually had five husbands, and the man you're living with now is not your husband. She went, Wow. But he said it, as we said last time, he said it in such a way that was not a condemning thing at all because he, she immediately said, wow, you must be a prophet. I got a spiritual question to ask you. And she went right into just a conversation with him without feeling guilty or condemned. And she even went back to her town and said, come see a man that told me all about my life. You know? So you could see the spirit in which he spoke that was not a condemning thing at all. It was just like, I know you, woman. Don't worry, Don't worry about who, who you are if you only knew who I was. See? Say, come to me, come to me, look at me. So when Jesus came in the midst of, of people, he had in his heart this desire. He said that in his heart, I believe, to everybody he came up to, if they only knew who I was, if they only knew the gift of God, I would give them water and they would never thirst again. He would, in his heart, that was in his heart for everybody, okay? Because he himself would be their righteousness, through simple faith, for all who would believe on him would receive what his work would accomplish. We have the same viewpoint in Christ. We have the mind of Christ. We have that same viewpoint. We can see as God sees that way too. When we walk into a room of people or when we deal with people, we see people, what should be in our minds and our hearts is not how they are sinning or how they need to fix their lives or how they need to stop this and do this, what should be in our heart is, do they know him? If they knew him, they could rest. If they knew him, if they only knew him, they could be righteous as God is righteous. Do they know him? So to the unbeliever, we should have the same mindset as Jesus, which actually, uh, which means you'll be Fellowshipping with people in the world as Jesus was, and he was criticized for it because of that mindset. And people will be attracted to you because they will feel the acceptance. They will open up their lives to you and speak things to you they don't speak to anybody else because they feel, you know, they won't even be able to verbalize it. They're just saying, you know, I don't feel judged by her. I don't feel judged by him. I just just feel like I can just share anything and, you know, the Spirit of God. It's the Spirit of God that, that says... Don't be afraid of your sin. Don't be afraid of of your past. Don't be afraid of anything you've ever done. He's come, the promised one. He's come and he's done the will of the Father. He's offered his his body that was prepared for him to offer. He has done the will of God and he has removed the sin of the world for all time, for all people. 
believe only. Awesome. And that's what we have. We have a mindset that, that, that we can go right into darkness. You can step right into darkness. And darkness could be all around you. And there's, that light in you can shine and give hope because you're not asking them to do something other than believe. So it's so awesome. And that's that's the heart. That's what this scene is all about. Jesus talking to this woman who's rejected. Let's go ahead and go to the um let's go to that last part of this story. It's so cool. All right, here we go. Um, chapter four, verse twenty eight, we we ended right there. So the woman left her water pot, went into the city and said to the men, She left the very thing that is brought water to her family, you know, she was so excited, she left the water pot um and ran And she says in verse 29, Come see a man who told me all things that I have done. This is not the Christ, is it? And they went out of the city and they were coming to him. Verse 31, In the meanwhile, the disciples were requesting him, saying, "Uh, Rabbi, eat. They came back from the the, uh, city with the food. Verse 32, But he said to them, I have food to eat that you do not know about. I have food to eat that you do not know about. The disciples, therefore, were saying to one another, uh, no one brought him anything to eat, did he? Once again, living, thinking in the natural, not in the spiritual. Think, thinking in the, in the seen, not in the unseen. Verse 34, Jesus said to them, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to accomplish his work. Do you not say there are yet four months And then comes the harvest. Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes. Look on the fields. They are white for harvest. What he was saying there was, some some writers have said that they believe, you see, the men were coming from the city. There was a crowd of people beginning to come. They were coming up to to that well from the city. Some writers have said they believe what he was saying when he said, lift up your eyes. He's saying, look, look at them coming. The crowd is coming. The harvest is ready. Don't say it's four months down the road. They're all ready. They're all ready right now. They need to hear. And what do they, what do they need to hear? They need to hear the word of grace. They need to hear the word of grace. They need to hear that it's not about them getting better. It's about knowing who he is. And asking him to give water that they may not ever thirst again. It's about him. Okay, look at this. So cool. Verse 36. Already he who reaps is receiving wages and is gathering fruit for life eternal, that he who sows and he who reaps may rejoice together. For in the case the saying is true, one sows and another reaps. I sent you to reap that for which you have not labored. Others have labored and you have entered into their labor. When you read that, think about sowing and reaping, sowing and reaping. Think about specifically what he's talking about here. He's specifically talking about the gospel of grace. Sowing and reaping, sowing seeds of how God is good. God is for you, not against you. Others labor. Others will labor in people's lives and you will come along. And after that seed has been sown by other people that God is for you, God is not against you. You can come in and say, and he has taken away the sin of the world. And maybe the reaping will take place when you speak. Some sow, some reap. But God gives the increase. It's so cool. Some water, some plant. But God gives the increase. Verse 39. 
And from that city, many of the Samaritans believed in him because of the word of the woman who testified. He told me all the things that I have done. So when the Samaritans came to him, they were asking him to stay with them. And he stayed there two days. Now, again, if this is the fire and brimstone kind of attitude or mentality that many preachers have, first of all, she wouldn't have been, she wouldn't have been excited. She wouldn't have run back and said, you've got to come see this man. And they wouldn't have asked him to stay. I mean, they would have, I mean, they were drawn to him. There was the acceptance, the love, the, the grace, the revelation, the, the hope they felt that no man ever talked like this before. I, I have hope in his presence. What is this? I, I don't feel like I'm, I'm on this long journey up a mountain, pushing a rock up the mountain so I can find God. I, I'm, I'm, I'm in his presence now for some reason, in some way. I, don't I can't explain it, but God is here, and I, and I don't deserve it. What is this? You know what I'm saying? They, all this was going on in their minds. This awesome awareness of God is in our midst. And, and he's teaching us. And oh my God. you know, and, and he's not rejecting me. Even though I deserve rejecting. I deserve reject, rejection. But I don't feel any rejection. This doesn't make any sense. Every holy man I ever knew rejected me. This one doesn't reject me. What is this? Oh, the spirit of grace was, was in their midst. And then verse 41 he stayed there two days with them, and many more believed because of his word. And then I love this verse 42. And they were saying to the woman, It is no longer because of what you said that we believe, for we have heard for ourselves and know that this one is indeed the Savior of the world. Yes. Woo! I love that. See, we talk to others about Jesus, but if they will just come and drink and eat of him, they will say, Brother, thanks for sharing that with me. But you know what? It's not because of what you told me that I believe anymore. I heard from him. I heard from him. I believe because I've heard him speak to me and call me by name. Awesome. Okay, just real quick. I want to go back to that part where the Lord says, My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to accomplish his work. Hebrews says, let's look at that real quick. Hebrews, book of Hebrews. Book of Hebrews, chapter chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10. This is so awesome. Look at, look at this, so cool. Um, I've got to read this first part too. It's so good. Uh, let's just start verse 1 real quick, chapter 10. For the law, since it has only a shadow of the good things to come and not the very form of things, not the reality, can never by the same sacrifices year by year which they offer continually make perfect those who draw near. Otherwise would they not have ceased to be offered because the worshipers, having once been cleansed, would no longer have had consciousness of sins. But in those sacrifices there is a reminder of sins year by year. For it is impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins. Therefore, when he comes into the world, he says, Sacrifice and offering thou hast not desired, but a body thou hast prepared for me. In whole burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin thou hast taken no pleasure. Then I said, Behold, I have come. In the roll of the book, in the scriptures, it is written of me, To do thy will, O God. 
thy will. Remember, his food is to do the will of him who sent him and to finish his work. Verse 8. After saying above, sacrifices and offerings and whole burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin thou hast not desired, nor hast thou taken pleasure in them which are offered according to the law. Then he said, Behold, I have come to do thy will. He takes away the first in order to establish the second. By this will, we have been sanctified. We have been sanctified. We have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. And every priest stands daily ministering and offering time after time the same sacrifices which can never take away sins. But he, having offered one sacrifice for sins for all time, sat down at the right hand of God. Waiting from that time onward until his enemies be made a footstool for his feet. For by one offering he has perfected for all time those who are sanctified. And the last words he said to Paul on the road to Damascus, the last thing he said to, to Paul, when he said, rise, Paul, I'm going to send you forth to the Gentiles. Open the eyes of the blind to proclaim the forgiveness of sins and the inheritance that is given to all those who are sanctified by faith in me. And he stopped talking. Awesome. Do you see what he's saying here, saints? The will of God. God took no pleasure in this covering of sins every day. Took no pleasure in this, in men, in men being conscious of their sin all the time. Under the law is a reminder of sin all the time. But under the new covenant, there's a remembrance of him. Do this in remembrance of me, he said. My body was broken to forgive you of your sin, not to, so you can remember it. Not so you can try to get cleansed of it again. This my bread is, this bread is my body which is broken because your sins are forgiven. This blood is shed because your sins are forgiven. Do this in remembrance of me from now on. Me. Not a remembrance of your sin, but a remembrance of me. For you are as I am. I have made it so. I have made it so. I love that scene in, in the Passion of the Christ when Jesus is holding that cross and he's, he's stumbling and Mary sees his, her son and and he's coming, and she runs up to him in this scene of the movie, and he goes, Look, Mother, I make all things new. I love that. That's the will of God. That was his food. His food was to get this word of grace to the people. His meat, his drink, was to see someone say, Oh, my God, come see a man who told me all about myself. And still accepts me. I believe. Tell me, who he, tell me who this Christ is that I might believe. Woman, though man, I who am speaking to you am he. That's what his, that's his food, his drink, his joy was to see someone receive this grace. To, say, to see the will of the Father accomplished in, in bringing sanctification by in a moment. Sanctified by faith. Sanctified by faith. 
holy by faith because he takes no pleasure in the covering of sins on a daily basis. He takes no pleasure in this sense that I'm in fellowship with God. I'm out of fellowship with God. I'm in fellowship with God. I'm out of fellowship with God. He takes no pleasure in that for he has done something so much more mightier. He has raised us from the dead. He has called us into being. He has joined us to himself. We literally sit with him in heavenly places as his sons and daughters, a royal priesthood, a holy nation by his work. And that's what he is pleased with when we believe and we don't doubt. When the Son of Man returns to earth, shall he find faith on the earth? Shall he find someone who believes that he did it? You see? By this will, the will of God. Look at the heart of God. My will is that they receive my holiness as a gift. That's my will. And that was his food and his drink and he loved it. He loved it. Now, we cannot get all fired up and say, okay, I'm going to start doing that. I'm going to start spreading the gospel and I'm going to tell everybody about this. The way God set this up, we cannot eat directly, directly that food of doing. See, his food was doing. Our food is believing. His food is doing. He was without sin. He could do. He could do because he was without sin. God was in him and he lived in total dependency as a man on God, on the Father. But it was God working through him without limitation. For the fullness of the Godhead was in him bodily without limitation. But he lived as a man totally dependent on the Father working through him. But his meat and drink was to do. We must first believe. We believe and we eat. Jesus said, this is what your food is. He who eats my flesh drinks my blood. Then you have life in you. You have my life in you. And then I will live through you. And you will eat as I eat. We will sit together and eat together. But it's only me eating through you. It's me doing through you. You see it? We can do all things through Christ who strengthens us and lives through us. Don't get all excited and run out and try to do Rather, don't be a Martha, but be a Mary. Get all excited and sit down. Get all excited and and sit at his feet. The very first thing he said to the apostles when he called them, he says, I called these 12 apostles in Mark chapter 3. It says, I called these apostles that they would, number one, not go preach. Number one, that they would be with me. Number first, the first thing he said, I called them that they would be with me. That they would watch me. That they would listen to me. That they would just hear me. They just be with me. Don't do anything, John. James, forget it. Peter, no, just come over here. Be, just be with me. Be with me. Be with me. Peter said, oh, I'll fight for you. I'll die for you, Lord. I'll, I'll take a sword of it, Peter. Before the rooster crows, Peter, you'll deny you even know me. You're trying to do before you believe. You're trying to do in your own strength, Peter. You must believe. You must let me be your life. Apart from me, you can do nothing. In me, you can bear much fruit. So what we eat is if we eat him, we remember the truth that we're forgiven. We don't forget, as Peter says, those who have who are not bearing fruit in their lives as believers, they have forgotten. They were, they were once purged from all their sin. 
typical preacher would say, you're not bearing fruit in your life. These days, a typical preacher would say, you're not bearing fruit in your life because you have unrepentant sin in your life, unconfessed sin in your life. No. Peter says, no. You tell me, show me a believer who's not bearing fruit. I'll show, a belie- show you a believer that has forgotten that they were once purged from all sin. They see themselves as guilty. They see themselves condemned. They see themselves in the flesh. They see themselves as separated from Him. They see all these things that are not true. And it's the truth that sets you free when you realize, oh my gosh, I'm new in Him. I'm joined to Him. I'm one with Him. As He is, so am I. He calls me His beloved. And then the river of life begins to flow. We find ourselves doing, but it's really Him doing. As Paul says, I labored more than them all. But he quickly said in the next sentence, yet not I, but the grace of God in me. You see, so we eat and drink of him and remember that he has accomplished the will of the father. He has done it. He has done it. He has made all who believe on him holy, sanctified, blameless. And now we eat and drink of that reality in him and he himself lives through us. And you and I will find a nourishment. It will become food and drink to us also when we hear someone say, I didn't know God could love me like that. Food, it's food to us to hear someone say, I'm just so tired. I can't live this life. I can't live this Christian life. You seem to live it so effortlessly. How do you do it? What do you, why do you have such peace? Food to us. Sit down. Let me tell you something. And you talk to him about a God who has done something so wonderful. It's almost too hard. To, it's almost too good to believe. If you ever lose that part, that, that sense in, in, of how can these things be, then you're losing sight of just how awesome his work is. All through the scripture, you see people saying about Jesus, how can these things be? Even in the book of Acts, there were a sense of awe was around them. How can these things be? Because he has made it so. He has made us righteous. He has sanctified us. He has fulfilled the will of God. And now he sits down having accomplished his work. It is finished. Lord, thank you so much for helping us see these things. Lord, help us to eat and drink of you. Help us sit at your feet and eat and drink of you that you might walk through us and eat the food that only you can eat, which is to do. And we'll see that awesome mystery working within us. As we find ourselves doing. For we are working out or we are manifesting this salvation with fear and trembling meaning in the Greek with no confidence in our flesh or ourselves. For it is God who is at work inside of us both to will and to do according to your good pleasure, Lord. What a mystery. What an awesome dynamic. We come not like Cain and offer the work of our labor with sweat, which is not accepted. We come with, like Abel with the blood of a lamb. We believe. And the lamb who sits on the throne lives through us. And our light shines and all men see that our Father is glorified in heaven. Amen. Amen.